G'day, and welcome to the AOS Coach sneak peek into the 2022 Lumineth Realm Lords Battle Tome. In this video, I'm going to focus on the Lumineth Allegiance abilities, the War Scroll changes, the points, as well as enhancements, and all the things that you need to know about building your new list. Now, Games Workshop were kind enough to send me this tome in advance at no cost, but they're not going to have any involvement in the creation of this video. On top of all the rules and all the points, you will find an awesome book full of art and narrative gems and Path to Glory. You will find a detailed map of Hish, as well as that unique code for you to unlock the rules in the AOS app. Now let's start at the Allegiance abilities, and much of this will be familiar if you are an existing Lumineth Realm Lords player, although there are some tweaks that I will call out. You've kept all six sub-factions like Eumetrica, Zytrex, Alumnia, Helon, though your command traits and your artifacts are no longer tied to your great nation, which is a change that's been happening across 3rd edition, and I will share those rules later in the video. It's worth calling out at this point that you will notice a bunch of your allegiance abilities are missing from the old book, but fear not, they have just been moved to the War Scrolls. Things like Absorb Despair is now on the Cathalas War Scroll, your battle traits for your Venari, your Sonari, the Hurricane, as well as the Alarith are all on the respective units. You've kept Lightning Reactions and there appears to be no changes to it. And if you're unfamiliar with the Lightning Reaction, basically in the combat phase, after units that have the Strike First effect have attacked, when it's your turn to pick a friendly Lumineth Realm Laws unit, you get to pick two eligible LRL units instead of one to fight, so long as neither of the units that you choose to fight with have the Strike Last effect. So you can't use it on an ally or someone that doesn't have the Lumineth Realm Lords keyword, but essentially you get to fight and you get to choose which order that the two fights happen before your opponent strikes back. You've also kept your Aether Quartz Reserves ability, but there are a few tweaks that I'll call out. Each Lumineth Realm Lords unit in your army starts the battle with one Aether Quartz Reserve. Now once per phase you can say one unit is going to use its Aether Quartz Reserve and you get to apply one of these three abilities. Now if you do apply one of the three abilities you will subtract one from the unit's bravery until the rest of the battle. With Heightened Reflexes you can say that this unit is going to use this ability when it's picked to be a target of an attack. Now if you do so until the end of that phase, you get to add one to the save rolls for attacks that target a unit until the end of the phase. You can use Heightened Senses when a unit is picked to either shoot or fight, and if you do so you can add one to your hit rolls for that unit until the end of the phase. Finally, Magical Boost you can use when a unit is picked to cast a spell, but before an unbinding roll is being made for that particular spell. And when you do so, you get to add one to the casting roll, or you can re-roll the cast entirely. Now you will notice if you did play Lumineth in the old book, one, it's keyworded, so you no longer get Aether Quartz for things like Gotrek or any of the allies that you bring in. That, that loophole is now closed. The other one is you'll notice that there is one that is missing. That was Magical Insight, and that used to let you cast an extra spell. That is no longer on the list. You are down to three. There are 12 command traits to choose from, and there are three in each of them. So Venari, Sonari for the Wind Mages, and for the Stone Mage. For the Venari hero, you have Grand Strategist, Consummate Warrior, and Almighty Blow. With Grand Strategist, you get to add one to the roll when you're determining to get that extra CP. So if you use Heroic Leadership, and normally you'd roll, what, a four if the General was on the table, this would bring it down to a three. 
Consummate Warrior once per turn will let you reroll a hit roll or a wound roll for an attack made by the general, or one save roll for attack that targets a general. Finally, Almighty Blow, when the general fights, instead of piling in and attacking, you can say that it unleashes a single Almighty Blow, and if you do so, pick one enemy unit within one inch of the general and roll the dice. On a 2+, that enemy is going to suffer D6 mortal wounds. With your Scenari heroes, you have Spellmaster, Loremaster, and Fast Learner. Spellmaster, once per turn, this general can use the Magical Boost Aether Quartz ability without actually using its Aether Quartz reserve to do so. The Law Master allows you to know two extra spells from the Law of Hish, and Fast Learner, the general can attempt to unbind one extra spell in the enemy hero phase. In addition, the second time that the general attempts to unbind a spell in the same enemy hero phase, it can re-roll that unbind attempt. With your Wind Mage, you have Grand Wind Rider, Swift, and Gravity Defying Champion. Grand Wind Rider will replace the general's Wind Leap ability with the following text. If a friendly wind charges unit starts a move wholly within 24 inches of the general, when it makes a move, it will have a move characteristic of 16 and will fly. Now this will make a lot more sense when we get into the other video and I show you the hurricane abilities. Swift is going to add 3 inches to the general's movement characteristic and finally gravity defying champion once per battle, you can re-roll one run roll, one charge roll and one casting roll for the general. Finally, for Stone Mages, you have Tectonically Attuned, Enduring, and Unyielding Toughness. Now, Tectonically Attuned, at the start of your shooting phase, you can pick one Friendly Spirit of the Mountain within three inches of this general, and add one to the attack characteristic of the Geomantic Blast until the end of that phase. Enduring will give three extra wounds to the general. Unyielding Toughness allows you at the start of your hero phase to pick one friendly stone guard unit that is wholly within 6 inches of the general, and if you do so you get to add one to the wounds characteristic of that unit until your next hero phase. Of the command traits listed here, some of the ones that I'm really drawn to would be things like Grand Strategist if you're taking someone who's a Venari, and that will allow me to generate the extra uh, command point through heroic leadership on a 3-up. Things like the Lore Master for the Scenari. Uh, if I'm not taking Techless, will give me more access to the Spell Lore. The Grand Wind Rider for the Wind Mage is going to supercharge those Wind Charges if I kind of build around that. Or maybe Unyielding Toughness for the Stone Mage. It's going to help me get even more durability and make my Stone Guard even tankier by giving them extra wounds. There are also 12 artifacts of power to choose from. Again, 3 for Venari, 3 for Scenari, 3 for the Wind Mages, and 3 for the Stone Mage. Looking at your Venari heroes first, the Sari Pommel is going to give the Bearer 1 extra Aether Quartz Reserve. The Senyu Amulet is going to allow the Bearer to run and charge in the same turn. Finally, the Waystone once per battle in your movement phase. Instead of making a normal move with the Bearer, you can pick a point in the battlefield within 13 inches of them. And if you do so, you get to remove the Bearer from the battlefield and set them up again within one inch of that point, And obviously more than three inches away from all enemies. The Scenari heroes have the Phoenix Stone, the Silver Wand, and the Rune of Senthoi. The Phoenix Stone once per battle before you allocate a wound or a mortal wound to another friendly Lumineth Realm Lords hero within 12 inches of the bearer, and that wound or mortal wound uh, would slay that hero, you can roll a dice 
On a 3+, that wound or mortal wound would be negated. It will allow you to heal D3 wounds allocated to that hero, and any of the other wounds that haven't been allocated yet would be negated. The Silver Wand allows the bearer to attempt to cast one extra spell in their hero phase. And finally, the Rune of Senthoi will add one to the unbinding and dispelling rolls for the bearer for each Sonari hero within six inches of the bearer. For the Wind Mages, you have the Wind Blast Fan, the Wind Stone, and the Buffeting Aspirogillum. The Wind Blast Fan, once per battle at the start of the enemy movement phase, lets you pick one enemy unit within three inches of the bearer and forces the unit to retreat. Now, the Wind Stone, once per battle in the shooting phase, you can pick one enemy unit that is within 18 inches of the bearer, and that's obviously visible to them, and you get to roll a dice. On a roll of a 1, that unit is going to suffer one mortal wound. On a roll of a 2 to a 4, it'll suffer two mortal wounds. And on a 5 plus, it will suffer four mortal wounds. The buffeting Aspergillum, once per battle at the start of the combat phase, you can pick one enemy unit within three inches of the bearer. And if you do so, subtract one from hit rolls and wound rolls for attacks that are made by that unit until the end of that phase. Then when it comes to your stone mages, you have the Heartstone Amulet, the Molten Talisman, and the Magmic Hammer. Now the Heartstone Amulet is going to give the bearer a ward of 4 plus against mortal wounds. The Molten Talisman is going to add 1 to wound rolls for attacks made by the melee weapons by friendly Alarith units that are wholly within 12 inches of the bearer, as long as they didn't charge in the same turn. And finally the Magmic Hammer is going to add 1 to the mortal wounds caused by an Arcane Bolt if it's cast by the bearer. Now of the artifacts listed here, some of the ones that I really like would either be the Waystones for the Venari that would allow me to access a once per game teleport, which might help me steal or defend an objective, score a battle tactic or reposition a unit um, to ultimately support them. Your Silver Wand for the Sonari would give me an extra spell cast. I don't really know what I'd probably pick from the Wind Mages, maybe the Wind Stone, but I'll be honest, there's not a lot that really impressed me from the Wind Mage um, selection. The Heartstone Amulet for the Stone Mage, getting a 4-up ward is probably what I would pick. Or even the Molten Talisman to start boosting up my Alarith units if they uh, didn't charge. Lumineth has 18 spells to choose from, with 6 coming in for your Sonari Venari heroes, 3s for the Hurrican, and 3 for the Alarith, as well as Teclas can access them all. Now pause the screen because this is not story time with coach and I can't read out every single spell. I do want to call out a couple of things first. You will notice Lambert Light, which used to let you reroll hits, has been removed. No Lambert Light. You'll also notice that Voice of the Mountains, which used to let you debuff your opponent's bravery and do some shenanigans with the Cathalar, is also gone. As well as even Freezing Squall that used to stop your opponent from running. That's also gone. The lore of Hish remains relatively unchanged, other than what I just mentioned about Lambert Light. It has been replaced by Overwhelming Heat, and that particular spell will halve the movement characteristic of an enemy unit that's within 24 inches of the spellcaster, as well as it will uh, suffer D3 mortal wounds if you roll a dice roll that is equal or greater than the save characteristic, which is a pretty solid spell. 
Unbreakable Stoicism is a new spell from the Lore of the High Peaks, which has a casting value of 7 and a range of 12, and if successfully cast, you get to pick one st friendly Stone Guard unit that's wholly within range and visible, and until your next hero phase, that unit's Crushing Blows ability will cause mortal wounds on an unmodified roll of a 5 instead of a 6. That'll make more sense if you are building into Stone Guard in the other video where I show you off the War Scroll and some of the good changes that have happened on the Crushing Blows. But know that you'll be instead of doing Mortals on Sixes, it'll be down to five plus. The final spell I want to call out here is Healing Zephyr. Now you could be mistaken that you used to have this spell. It is slightly different. You used to have Calming Zephyr, and that was a spell from the Law of Winds that used to allow you to be uh, immune to Battle Shock as well as heal d3 wounds to the unit you cast on now healing zephyr still gives you the d3 wound heal you just don't get the immune to battle shock this turn ability so similar but probably not as good you've still got six sub factions to choose from and you will recognize them from the previous battle tome zytrek will add plus one to your casting dispelling and unbinding rolls for those friendly zytrek wizards now with Alumnia, if the base of each model in a friendly Alumnia Venari unit is touching the base of two or more models in the same unit, which is likely going to be happening through Shining Company, each model that is within six inches of the objective is going to count to two for the purposes of contesting the objective. Iliartha, once per turn, you can say that two friendly Iliartha Venari units will use their Aether Quartz Reserve instead of one. Now with Eumetrica, when a friendly Eumetrica Alarith unit that has the Enduring as rock ability is a targeted by an attack, you get to change the Ren characteristic of that attack to be Rend Nothing. If the weapon used for that attack has a Rend of either Rend 1 or Rend 2 instead of only Rend 1. So outside of Eumetrica, Enduring as a rock will turn Rend 1 into Rend Nothing. Within Eumetrica, Rend 1, Rend 2 turns into Rend Nothing. With Sire, friendly Sire units start the battle with two Aether Quartz Reserves instead of one. And finally, Helon adds one to the attack characteristics of missile weapons used by friendly Helon units while they are within six inches of an enemy unit. Now, while there are a whole bunch of good sub-faction rules that we've just explored, the other consideration will be, what are my battle line options? Now, your Venari Wardens will always be battle line regardless of which of the great nations that you are going to choose. Your Venari Sentinels and your Venari Dawn Riders will become battle line for every Venari Wardens unit you include in your army. So if you take a unit of uh, Venari Wardens, that would then allow you to take one Sentinel or one Dawn Rider unit. Venari Blade Lords become battle line for every Sonari hero in your army. That will allow you to take one Blade Lords as battle line. Your Alarith Stone Guard will become battle line if your army is Eumetrica. And finally, Hurricane Wind Charges become Battle Line in a Helon army. Next up, there are Grand Strategies and Battle Tactics. When it comes to those Grand Strategies, there are four faction Grand Strategies, each tied to a keyword, whether it's Venari, Sonari, Alarith, or Hurricane. Venari Assault is completed if there are four or more Venari units on the battlefield, and the model picked to be your opponent's general is slain. The Sonari Illumination is completed if there is a friendly Sonari unit in each quarter of the battlefield. Alarith Aftershock is completed if two or more friendly Alarith units are contesting two or more objectives on the battlefield. And Hurricane Cyclone is completed if three or more friendly Hurricane units are within six inches of the same enemy on the battlefield.
while there are five Lumineth battle tactics. Priority target lets you pick one enemy monster on the battlefield and you complete it if the monster is slain by attacks made by friendly Starshard Ballistas. Conserve Aether Quartz, you get to pick one enemy unit on the battlefield and one friendly Lumineth Realm Lords unit that has at least one Aether Quartz reserve, and you complete the battle tactic if that enemy unit is destroyed by a Lumineth Realm Lords unit in this turn, and that Lumineth Realm Lords unit still has at least one Aether Quartz reserve uh, at the end of the turn. Blind the enemy, you complete it if four or more spells were successfully cast by different friendly Lumineth Realm Lords unit this turn. Elemental Supremacy, you get to pick one enemy hero on the battlefield and one friendly elementary unit that has at least one Aether Quartz Reserve, and you complete the battle tactic if that hero is slain by that elementary unit in this turn. You complete Hishmade Manifest if there are two or more endless spells from your army on the battlefield at the end of this turn. And to prove that I can't count, there is a 6-1 here, and that is ignore the odds. Now, when you reveal this battle tactic, you pick one friendly Lumineth Realm Lords unit and one enemy unit, uh, and as long as they're within one inch of each other. Now, you complete the tactic if the enemy unit is destroyed in this turn, and the Lumineth Realm Lord unit you picked has not been destroyed. Now let's talk about the key war scroll changes and there are a fair amount of little micro changes that have happened across the board. I'm going to try to identify and call out as many as I notice, but I'm sure I'm going to miss a couple. So looking at Techless, you will see that the save, the bravery, the wounds are all the same. The Lunar Staff missile weapon is the same. So is the Sword of Techless and the Moonbright Talons. The melee profile is all the same. Now, there has been a change when it comes to Teclas's movement. Um, it previously used to degrade against the damage profile. Now, Teclas just has a flat 10-inch uh, move. Now, another change you'll notice is that the Archmage ability is tied to the damage table. So when you want to cast your 1, 2, or up to 4 spells, you can still do it with either the unmodified 12 that can't be unbound. You can still do 2 spells with an unmodified 12 that can be unbound you can still do four spells that count as if an unmodified 10 that can be unbound it's just that how many that you get to choose is now tied to your damage table where previously it hadn't had that now the aura of uh, selenar the discs of the elementary the protection of uh, techless the storm of searing white light are all the same now your Venari Lord Regent has the same move, the same save, the same bravery, the same wounds. The Horn and Claw melee is the same. The Purest Aether Quartz is the same. And the Greater Power of Hish is the same. The two changes that I noticed was the Regent Sword damage is now a uh, 2. It used to just be flat 1 and the rest is the same when it comes to the Regent Sword profile. The other change is Sun Metal Weapons has changed for both the Venari Lord Regent and Lyriel Lutheral. Um, that is now doing two mortal wounds for an unmodified hit roll of six with the Regent Sword instead of one. Uh, anyone else that has the Sun Metal Weapons, it, that hasn't carried over. Uh, it's only, like I said, for the uh, Lyriel Lutheral and the Lord Regent. The Venari Banner Blade has the same move, save, bravery, wounds, the Banner Blade Sword melee profile, Sun Metal Weapons is still the same. Where the changes happen is in the World Banner, and the New World Banner allows you to reroll charge rolls for friendly Lumineth Realm Lords units that are wholly within 18 of a friendly Banner Blade. Now that used to give you a bit of a bravery boost, 
but what you've also got is a once per battle ability to draw down the power of the world banner uh that is still the same and basically what happens is you roll a dice and if it's equal or under the battle round um each unit within 18 inches is going to take d3 mortal wounds and they subtract one to hit so that's still there it's just that you've swapped a bravery boost for a reroll to charges the next venari unit will be the blade lords now the blade lords have the same move the same save the same bravery wounds sun metal jewel blades the shining company all the same where the changes happen is within the sword master's ability now if you use perfect strike uh, you get to roll a dice and on a two plus the target suffers one mortal wound if you use the flurry of blows attacks you will have a base attack profile of two attacks per model uh, with a two inch range threes threes no ren for one but where the change has arisen as well is that um, if you are attacking a unit that has uh, five to nine models, you'll get to add plus one to your attack characteristics, so you'll go up to three attacks. If you are fighting a unit with ten or more models, you will get plus two attacks. You'll be on to four attacks per model. Now, Guardians has changed a little bit. If you happen to have seen the War Scroll from Arcane Cataclysm, um, ward, the ward is now for Scenari units and not specifically against Scenari heroes. Now, it has gained Sun Metal weapons. I don't think it used to have that, but you, you probably know what Sun Metal weapons is by now. And it also has lost the uh, Vanishmore banner which you might remember we used to give them a four-up spell and endless spell uh, shrug. Your Venari Sentinels have the same move, save, bravery, wounds. Uh, the bow, both aimed and loft, are the same. The Champion's Blade and the Venari Dagger are the same. It's still a single caster and a single unbinder. Uh, many string bows, the Shining Company, all that stuff hasn't changed. Where the change has happened again is this the Skyhawk Lantern. So if you did uh, see Arcane Cataclysm, there was a change there there is changed again now what scryer hawk lantern does is it adds six to the range characteristic of this the lofted bows if it is within 12 inches of another sentinels unit or a starshard ballista so that has changed both from the old battle tome and from arcane cataclysm your venari wardens have the same save move bravery wounds champions blades blah 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 where the change has happened though is it's lost the Moonfire Flask, which used to be a once per battle D3 mortal wounds to an enemy uh, within two up. You'll, you will notice as well that the Shining Company rule has turned from a battle trait now on the War Scroll. And Shining Company, you'll see uh, on the screen below, is subtract one from hit rolls for attacks that target the unit if the, the unit is touching two or more models within the same unit. So as long as you're in that the Shining Company formation, you will be minus one to be hit against. There doesn't appear to be any changes when it comes to your Venari Dawn Riders. They have the same move, save, bravery, wounds. They still can cast one spell and unbind one spell. They still have the Deathly Furrows and the Lances of the Dawn, and they've still got Power of Hish. Uh, I couldn't see any changes when it comes to your Dawn Riders. The Venari Starshide Ballista has the same move, the same save, the same bravery, and the same wounds, but there are a bunch of changes through the War Scroll. Um, 
there is a change and it's gained plus one attack on that star shard bolt you used to get two attacks now you're at three attacks uh it's now hitting on twos it used to hit on threes the rest of that profile has remained the same uh it did lose the messenger hawk ability which would give you plus one to hit if there was a friendly uh lumineth hero within 18 inches so i guess the messenger hawk is now just built into that change i talked about so you're hitting on twos now anyway You've gained the Key-Eyed Artillerist, and that is if the target is a monster, the damage characteristic of the Star Shard Bolt is now 3 instead of uh, being D3. Warding Lanterns has changed, and uh, you've still got your 6-up uh, ward if the uh, model remains stationary this turn. Uh, you used to get plus 1 attacks if it didn't move. This has been into, built into the War Scroll anyway, so you, you're still getting your 3 attacks, uh, but just some minor language changes that i guess the plus one attack is now no longer requiring you not to move so i guess that's a, that's a minor win finally you've gained the skyhawk lantern and that's going to give you an extra six inches to the range of the star shard bolts while it's within 12 inches of another friendly sentinels or ballista so it's really trying to get you to do power pairs whether it's a ballista and the sentinels or two ballistas at the same time if you happen to do that little combination you'll get an extra six inches of range for those those shots. All of your units seem to have the Deep Thinker's ability, which once per battle in your hero phase, when this unit attempts to cast its first spell in that phase, it's automatically cast with a casting roll of nine. That cannot be modified, so you don't roll 2d6, but it can be unbound. So if you are trying to get off a particular spell and you're, you're feeling confident it can't be unbound, you can use Deep Thinker's to get that critical spell off. When we look at our Cathalar, it does have the same move, save, bravery, wounds, despairing touch. Uh, it's still a single cast wizard, single unbinder, and the darkness of the soul spell, which was that bravery check, that's still the same. Uh, I did mention earlier, it did gain uh, the Deep Thinker's ability. It did lose emotional transference, which was a bit of a battle shock manipulation that I'm sure you're familiar with. It did technically gain the Absorb Despair. Uh, that was an Allegiance ability. It's now just on the War Scroll. So I guess if you bring it in as an ally, it's going to take uh, Absorb Despair with it. But uh, the rule didn't change. The Scenarian Lightner has the same move, the same save, the same bravery, the same wounds. Crescent Staff and the Double Caster, Double Unbinder, the Twin Tether, all the same. Where the changes are is in the Enlightener Blade. It now does two damage. It used to only do one. The other change is in the Rune of Enflay. It, it seems to be the same rule, but you can't pick the same target for the second time if you roll a three up. The Sonari Calligrave uh, changes are in the Calligrave Blade, which is now a flat two damage. It used to be D3. It's now just a consistent two, while the rest of that profile remains the same. The other change with the Caligrave is Erasure, which was a War Scroll spell that used to cast on a 7, it now casts on an 8. But where the change is, is it deals 2d6 mortal wounds to the hero if it's marked for Erasure. Uh, previously, it only used to do d6, so I guess for one extra point in the spell cast, uh, you're doing potentially an extra d6 of mortal wounds, so there's probably a win there. When it comes to the Law Seeker, a lot of it is still the same. You have lost the Law Seeker's ability, and that used to give you plus one command point if you were within three inches of a slain hero with an artifact. 
the final change is in loan agent and it's mostly the same rule you will now count as 10 models for the purpose of contesting the objective but it did lose a part of the rule and you might remember it, it said your opponent cannot gain control of this objective while it's within six inches of the objective it was deployed on that's just gone Enduring as a Rock is on the Alarith War Scrolls now, and you might remember when we talked about the Great Nations, uh, and specifically Eumetrica, Eumetrica is going to boost this Alarith uh, ability. If you're unfamiliar, Enduring as Rock is when this unit is targeted by an attack. If the weapon used by the attack has a rend characteristic of 1, you change the rend to nothing. A lot of Avalonor's War Scroll has remained the same. A couple of the changes I noticed is that it's gained two extra wounds. So previously it only had 14 wounds. It's now got 16 wounds. The Geomantic Blast, the missile profile, it used to start at 30 inches and it would degrade against the damage table. It's now starting at range 25, but the board's gotten smaller, so you probably won't notice that much. The Fire Stealer's Hammers is now Rend minus two. It used to only be Rend one. What's also changed is it's now got a four-tier damage table. It used to have five different tiers, depending on how much damage you suffered. Would depend on some of the abilities. Uh, the damage table is now zero to six wounds taken, seven to nine, ten to twelve, and thirteen plus. You did lose the Elder Wisdom, which used to allow you to issue a free CP. But you have also seen some positive change when it comes to the Unshakable Faith of the Mountain. Now... The command ability is basically the same, but it's gained some extra text. And that extra text is, this unit can issue this command up to three times in the same phase. If you do so, no command points are spent in the second and third times that this unit issues this command in this phase. Now, the same unit cannot benefit from both this command and the Faith of the Mountain's ability in the same phase. So the Alarith Spirit of the Mountain and Avalonor have a similar command um, and i'll talk about that other one in a second but it just means they can't stack if you're unfamiliar with this command ability you are issuing plus one attack in melee to a friendly alarith elf unit so obviously with avalonor you're issuing plus one attack to up to three units so not too bad especially if you're building a melee focused uh, army now the spirit of the mountain has a lot of similarities um a lot of the war scroll is still the same like your world hammer your cloven, cloven hooves your move your save your bravery a lot of the a lot of the rules are still the same uh you have also gained two extra wounds it used to be only 12 you're now at 14. uh very similar your geomantic blast is also now only range 25 starting profile no longer range 30 you too have the same tier damage profile so you've still got the zero to six seven to nine ten to twelve and thirteen plus uh you've also lost that ponderous advice which was very similar to elder wisdom uh, which used to give you the free cp the spirit of the mountain also had a very similar change to avalonor when it came to that additional text on the command ability the difference between avalonor and the spirit of the mountain is that the spirit of the mountain the unnamed version will only issue the command D three times, while Avalonor will do a flat three. Uh, it's the same thing, plus one attack in melee for a elf um, uh, Alarith unit, but um, obviously it's D three versus three. The Alarith Stone Mage has seen a couple of changes. Uh, it's improved its save. It's now a base save of four plus. It used to only be five. You have seen a change in the Staff of the High Peaks. It used to be D3 damage, it's now flat 2 damage, the rest of that profile remains the same. 
uh and it also has the you know same move same bravery uh it also has enduring as rock uh on the war scroll otherwise most of the things have stayed the same there finally when it comes to the alarith side you've got your stone guard same move same save same bravery a lot of the similarities um your paired hammers is plus one attack uh the rest of that profile has, re has remained the same you have lost the pair of stratum hammers ability that used to give you a reroll hits uh it's now just that flat one attack that i talked about earlier with the paired hammers um your crushing blows and your diamond pick hammers ability they've basically merged so all of your melee profiles are going to do uh, one mortal wound in addition to the damage on an unmodified six to hit some of them used to be like plus one damage one i think one of them did plus one damage one did one mortal wound it's now just a simple profile they all do mortal wounds on a, a six to hit unmodified and finally you've gained a new rule that i really like called fortitude of earth and the stone guard are going to get a four up ward save against mortal wounds while they're contesting an objective you control so you're going to be you're going to be controlling it but uh you get a four up ward save against specifically mortal wounds all of your hurricane units have gained move like the wind on their war scroll it's moved from a allegiance ability and what move like the wind does is when this unit makes a pile in move it does not have to finish its move no further from the nearest enemy unit uh, that where it started the move, right? If you were charged into a unit or if you were already locked into combat, when you made a pile-in move, you would normally still have to be uh, close to the unit that you were initially in combat or initially charged. This removes that restriction from you. And in addition, if you did make a charge move, uh, when you go to pile in, you can pile in six instead of three. So it gives you a bit more movement manipulation and getting more attacks in or maybe move and slingshot off one unit into another. So a lot of little technical things you can do with uh, move like the wind. When it comes to Severeth, a lot of the things have stayed the same. The move, the save, the bravery, the wounds. A lot of the profiles stayed the same. You're probably wondering, has the movement shenanigans changed? And the answer is yes. The Spirit of the Wind is now only in your shooting phase. So uh, you can make a normal move of 12 inches or retreat in your shooting phase. It's no longer in your enemy shooting phase. Into the Gale is still giving you a five up ward, but there used to be some extra text that you've lost now around enemy pylons. There's a change in scour and that is going to allow you to carry out the smash to rubble monstrous rampage uh it's not a monster and it doesn't get access to the other ones it's purely smash to rubble you did lose the wind mage symbiosis which would heal d3 wounds if it was within 12 inches of the wind mage hero now the hurricane spirit of the wind has very similar changes right the move the save the bravery those types of things have stayed the same living cyclone has stayed the same uh it too had a change of spirit of the wind it too had a change of into the gale it too lost the wind mage symbiosis uh, and it also gained the move like the wind on its war scroll the hurricane wind mage is mostly stayed the same except the melee profile has a flat damage characteristic of two instead of d3 damage the rest of that profile is still the same and then finally with the hurricane wind charges uh, a couple of changes that have happened the wind charge your bow in melee now only does rend minus one it used to be rend minus two in melee a really nice change that i like is the wind charger arrows 
and this ability allows you to basically ignore ward save so a ward roll cannot be made for wounds or mortal wounds caused by attacks made by these missile weapon uh, and it too gains the move like the wind a couple of the other heroes we need to mop up and talk about we have the Light of Atharian who has gained an extra wound, so it's now wounds of eight. The Fang Sword of Atharian and the Solenary Blade uh, now do a flat three damage as opposed to the D3 damage it used to do. The rest of that profile is around the same. The other change is in the Solenary Blade, and at the start of the combat phase, you can pick one enemy hero or monster within three inches of the unit. If you do so, attacks made by the unit Solenary Blades that target that unit uh, hero or monster in the phase has a damage characteristic of 2d3 instead of three uh, it used to only be plus one damage against uh, one enemy hero the other change with the uh, light of otharian is unflinching valor uh, is gone so that used to give a as a command ability that gave a unit a bravery of 10 uh, unflinching valor is just gone there's a couple of changes with lyrial uthral uh, you've got a melee weapon has gained plus one attack to that demon blade. It's now rend minus one. I believe it was rend minus two. Uh, it is damage two on the regent sword. It used to only be rend one. Although much like the um, the Lord Regent, the sun metal weapons now does two mortal wounds for an unmodified six to hit with the regent sword. The other change is the voice of Tyrion, and once per battle, this unit can issue a command to a friendly Eumetrica unit anywhere on the battlefield uh, without spending a command point. When it comes to the twins, I could literally see no change from any of the rules. It's still a double caster, still unbinder, the move save bravery is the same, aspect of Selenar, the realm wanderers, all of the rules appear to be the same. There is a couple of changes when it comes to Mari Lightcaller and the Purifiers. Uh, the Mari Purifier weapon profiles all now deal D3 damage. So that Mallet, the Greatsword, the Dagger, they used to only be uh, one damage 1. They now are damage D3. The Dagger now has Rend uh, minus 1. It used to not have any Rend. It did lose the Crushing Blows and the Sun Metal Weapons um, abilities, but it did gain a new rule called Purifying Strike. And if the unmodified hit roll for the attack is made with a 6, that attack causes one mortal wound to the target and the attack sequence ends. So it is similar to the Sun Metal Weapons for all of the weapons, but it just can't be mo uh, modified with like uh, Power Efficient, things like that. Your three endless spells appear to be the same. The summoning, uh, the abilities like the Reservoir of Power or the Turn to Stone all appear to be the same. I didn't notice anything different. When it comes to your faction terrain, the Shrine Luminor, um, the setup is the same. Uh, cleansing Ritual is the same. Uh, defensible, it's still defensible. The only change I noticed with the Shrine is in their rule, the Shrine Guardian. Now Shrine Garden is only once per battle round. So formerly it was once per turn, um, you could issue a command uh, without spending a CP. Now it is battle round. So I guess it just means you can't be issuing in your turn and my turn. It's just one or the other. You'll be happy to know that you've not only kept the Ideneth Deepkin as allies, but you've also gained a few extras, including the Daughters of Cain, the Sylvaneth, as well as Stormcaster Eternals as allies. 
So there were plenty of War Scroll changes and it makes sense that there are points adjustments and there were both points increases and decreases across the board. So when it comes to your points decreases, uh, Teclas went down 40 points and is now 700. The Twins went down 25 points to be 260. Severeth went down 25 points to be 320. The Generic Wind Spirit went down 15 points to be 250. The Venari Banner Blade went down 20 points to be a flat 100. Your Sentinels went down 20 points and they're now at 150. There were some other minor adjustments like the wind, wind charges going down 5 points, the Underworld's Warband going down 15 points, the Lawseeker went down 10 points, the Starshard Ballista went down 5, and the named Lord Regent went down 15. Not the generic one, that one that's uh, the, the, the named unique one for Eumetrica, that one went down 15 points. But there were also points increases, as I mentioned. Uh, Alarith, the Spirit of the Mountain, went up 25, and that is now 380. Avalonor went up 25 points as well, and Avalonor is 420. The Light of Altharion went up 20 points to be now 240. The Lord Regent, the generic one, is now uh, gone up 15 points to be 170. And there were also some minor changes. The Wardens went up 5, uh, and the Enlightener went up 10. But as always, you know, the true list tech is going to come out once we go through FAQs, which we know is going to happen around four weeks. But also at the same time, I'll start having guests on to start unpacking this book a little further. But what do I think about a lot of these changes? And there were a lot of changes that have happened across the board. I'm sure if you're watching this, uh, there'll be some that you really like, some that you wish didn't happen at all, and some of them you've been waiting for. I'm looking at you, Severeth. I'm looking at you, Sentinels. These are changes that you knew were coming at some stage. Judgment Day is finally here. So a lot of the old book has been ported over to the new book. And let's not sugarcoat this. You have lost a few tricks already. You've lost magical insight that used to give you the extra spell cast if you use that Aether Quartz Reserve. You have lost a couple of popular spells like the Voice of the Mountains and Lambert Light. Your battle line options are generous, your grand strategies and your battle tactics are useful, and you still have a fair amount of selection in the ways through like your enhancements and things like that to customize your force. It feels like the internal balance of this book is shifting, and that's good news because we don't we just want to have just Venari and Sinari spam. Who doesn't want to see more Alarith and Hurricane models in the meta? The wind charges cutting through ward saves is going to be a good tool to have up your sleeve. The stone guard getting a four up ward against uh, mortal wounds on an objective they control. We've seen the beefer of secrets get an improved um, profile. Um, this is a great opportunity for you to expand your force and quit your sentinel and warden addiction. I am genuinely excited to see some list diversity, and I don't think I've seen Stone Guard since they first come out. And a lot of the units that are in this video, I haven't ever seen on the tabletop. I need your help to create a new Battle Standard Bearer meta using the Venari Banner Blade. But that's enough from me because I will go into much greater detail with Lumineth with some experienced players in the near future. But I want to hear from you. Let me know in the comment section what you're thinking. Has there been a War Scroll change that you have really liked that you're now going to start considering? Were the Wind Chargers, were the Stone Guard, has there been enough changes that you're now going to consider going into maybe one of those? Maybe you're going to go to Eumetrica, I don't know. But let me know in the comments if there's units that you're going to pull out of your list. Uh, are Sentinels going into retirement for a while? Uh, I'll be curious to hear from you what your take is.
Thanks for hanging around until the end. I hope you enjoyed that video and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would love it if you pressed like on the video, as well as left me a comment to let me know what your thoughts are. The conversation will continue over on Discord and the link is down below in the video description. I want to give a massive shout out as well to the AOS Coach Patreons and YouTube members who are going in and the funds are supporting the channel and the growth that you're seeing here. So cheers, you're all bloody legends. And until next time, don't roll a one on a redeploy.